Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 70, the first podcast where we're finally doing a roundtable. We've been talking about this for quite some time, and uh, it's finally, it's finally happened. It's finally happened. I'm Matt Sin. I'm here with my little brother, Micah Sin, and my cousin, Kyle Pauly. Micah comes before Kyle because Auburn beat Alabama, and I'm still salty about it. War Eagle, baby. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> So today we're here to discuss what is AEW doing wrong? And I thought that that would be a very interesting topic because until Thursday, Friday's podcast, we basically do nothing but heap praise all over AEW and uh, until Kyle ruins it and, uh, <laughs> and and hates an episode. So I'm reviewing AEW next week. I got to swerve you. You guys hated this episode? Kyle did. I didn't. Oh, I, I didn't so hate much it. Better than last week. Last I was week disappointed sucked. in it. I didn't hate it. Well, we're not going to review it again or anything. But I, I <laughs> no, wrong. we're going to move forward. Yeah. We're going to move forward. So AEW's been doing a lot of things right, and a lot of fans are really enjoying it. I think one of the things that they're doing best is when WWE goes left, AEW goes right, and I think that's really great. One of the things that made TNA crappy was they started out really great. And then they said, you know what? We're just going to do exactly what the WWE does. And they became WWE light. And they basically got looked at as just uh, almost like a farm system. And Brother. They got, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan's fault. And uh, I will argue that till the day I die. It was their fault that TNA had all these issues. Well, Russo, too, is a big Russo, problem. Dixie Carter, yeah. There, there were there were a lot of issues with yeah. TNA, but... They're the ones that really brought it in. Hulk Hogan is is responsible for a lot of wrong in the wrestling world. If that is true, a lot of wrong in the world. In the world, that's not general, what, yeah. what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about TNA. A lot of dark things from Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so with AEW, they've really been on a roll. Their viewership bounced back this week. They did have an issue with the Thanksgiving viewership, but as we were talking before we started recording, uh, so the listeners know, apparently this is like their highest DVR'd episode yet. So a ton of people were actually watching it. I think that there were about 400,000 additional viewers that watched it on DVR. So that Thanksgiving number was pretty bad. It was a little over 600,000, but they bounced back to about 850 this week, barely edged out NXT by five or 6,000. But we don't care about ratings. We care about how good the shows are. So let's talk about the first thing that comes to mind, uh, other than the last thing we're going to talk about, it's uh, their production issues. And so, like, for example, on this most recent episode, they were having some major production issues at the beginning, so much so that Micah texted me and said, are you also having sound problems? So what do you think about that, Micah? I'll be honest with you. I had to go back and rewatch the first match again because I was so distracted by the production issues. I couldn't pay yeah. attention to what was going on. First of all, it was a, kind of a crazy match. Yeah, but I, I I couldn't pay attention. I was I was irked by the fact that this company, backed by a billionaire, yep. on a nationally televised stage, is having audio issues. I mean, and I understand if you're going to have audio issues on a live show, but you should have that fixed in like thirty seconds. It basically sounded like they were taking cables and unplugging them and plugging them back in. It, yeah, I mean, like not only was it cutting out, but the volumes were the mix was terrible. I mean, you had the commentators that were really low, and then Excalibur was really loud, and JR was really low, and then JR yep. was really loud, and Excalibur was really low, and it's just, this is a 
a, a very large company now. I mean, I, people can say that they're new. They've been on TV for what now, 10 weeks? I, I think this is week 10. Yeah. So That's, I gave them a pass for about a month and a half, but it's getting old. It's enough time to get this figured out. You still can't hear entrance themes. That's not the biggest deal. But I mean, like, I, I watch wrestling. Like, when I watch wrestling, it's a big thing. I watch on my 75-inch TV with my sound bar and my subwoofer, and I don't want to experience... That was a the, humble brag, by the way. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> and when I when I watch wrestling, I want to experience good production quality. Because, like, this, this week, on the first episode, all you heard was Matt. Or the first match, I'm sorry. All you heard was Matt. You just heard it was like a, a booming, like the mic was just like on the mat. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Carol actually pointed that out. She said, if we're hearing all this stuff, then there's an issue. And I swear, Matthew said he didn't hear it, but I heard a phone vibrate like eight times. So I don't <laughs> know if one of the commentators had uh, a, a, a phone on the desk or something and that was going off or maybe somebody in the booth, but it was terrible. However, I will say... If you watch the stream on Fight TV for the international viewers, which is how I normally watch AEW when I don't watch live, they don't have these problems. Well, so, I, I was going to say, so apparently the Fight TV feed, and then there was one of the feed that they had that I think was TSN, international. The TSN feed. Right. They didn't have issues at all. So apparently what? it was more a TNT issue than an AEW issue from what I've heard. Okay. It was something going on with TNT's broadcast that it was messing with all these outlets. I don't know if it was who was to blame necessarily, but that's what I'm hearing that it was more a TNT station thing. Um, Whoever it is should be fired. And, and I told Matt when we reviewed the show, I, for weeks, Matt had complained about not being able to hear the announcers that very well, but I had no problems, but I've actually heard the same thing with other people where some people were having audio issues of that same effect and then some weren't like me. So it's kind of been, you know, sporadic. Uh, and yeah, it, it was definitely noticeable to everybody this week. But like I said, hopefully it is just, it was just a TNT thing. And they say, hey, what's, what, what could, you know, what gives guys? Why was this so bad for us? What's going on? It wasn't bad on these other channels. We could figure this out and they get it taken care of. Um, and among other technical issues were like, like I said, the cameras, being, that's that's more AEW's fault, but the cameras were out of sync, especially in the first match. There were some other matches too on you know last in the most recent show. So, I mean, they've got a lot of issues, um, but yeah, it, it was glaring this week for sure. But I, I think it was just a TNT problem. So, hopefully, they can get it fixed. I, I hope so too. It's been very distracting. It really has. Yeah, and I I love AEW. But I'll tell you, for a couple weeks there, the announcers were just worthless because I literally couldn't hear them. I have my TV on 80, and everything is super loud, and I can't hear the announcers. And it's very frustrating and very distracting when you have arguably the two most legendary announcers, and it's inarguable that they're the two most legendary in the 90s and the early 2000s, with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, and you can't hear them. Give me a break. Ridiculous. So another thing that really bothers me, and it doesn't affect me as much because I do sometimes watch the show, but I don't always keep up with it, is AEW really expects people to be able to follow storylines from being the elite 
and AEW Dark. And when they first announced AEW Dark, they're like, you don't have to watch this one. This is just extra bit if you want it. But they keep talking about the show. And I know that I constantly complain about WWE and their recaps. I mean, last Monday's Raw was absolutely insane. I feel like a third of the show was just recaps. But AEW doesn't really do it at all until pay-per-views. So if you miss a show, it can be kind of a big deal. I guess they expect most people to go online and read about what happened. But I think that they need to do a better job of tying these storylines together. Like, my biggest gripe is Hangman Page. He is no longer in the Elite. If I didn't watch Being the Elite, I would have no clue until the announcers just nonchalantly announce it in the middle of a match. And I think that's terrible storytelling. Yeah, he should at least cut a promo or something to tell that on TV. Yeah. Even even so if I, it happens on Being the Elite, he should, you know... And he, hey, even if he wants to get in there and plug Being the Elite and say, hey, if you guys watched it, here's what happened. But then say, here's why. And go into exactly. detail. Exactly. Yeah. So, so my gripe here, and you tell me what you think, is that they expect people to keep up with all this stuff when you can't expect a casual audience to do that. That I mean, it is true, but in fairness, WWE does the exact same thing. Um, they do a lot of, and sometimes better, like better stuff ends up on their YouTube. And I've said this before, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, and I know I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, which I know is shocking, but... <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Did you have you either of you guys seen the Mikey might not have since you know you don't watch NXT as much and I'm, I'm guessing Chris has seen it but Matt have you did you see the Kushida video that he's putting no, out for his return? No, I didn't. You should definitely look it up and go watch it. I don't know if it's been on NXT TV because I I haven't watched NXT and I haven't read that it was on there, but it's basically a video package hyping up Kushida coming back after his injury, and it's all about him and he's talking about why he moved here. It's, it shows him with his daughter saying that his family was during a tornado in Japan or a typhoon when he was wrestling Walter the same night he got injured. He broke his wrist, and now he's coming back. He's learned what love means. He, he's, he loves his family, and he's coming back to fight for his family. It's the greatest little package to get you behind Kushida. Yeah. And you know what? They might show it on NXT, but they've done a lot of these in the past. I've seen one with Matt Riddle I've pointed out before in the past. That is a great video package. Shows him with all his kids. It, lo- it makes you love the guy so much, but you never see it on TV. Right. And something like that it could be shown on YouTube or something or in one of these outlets. But you know what? You also need to put it on TV because it's big and it could be something to get behind, you know, one of these characters, especially, you know, if you're wanting to build somebody. Uh, and, and another thing, what you're saying about doing stuff online and expecting people to follow these shows. One thing that's kind of irked me in the last couple of weeks uh, I mean, it goes along with it a little bit too, but it's it's slightly different, I guess. Uh, superstars like Kenny Omega has almost wrestled just as many matches on AEW Dark as they have on the main show. Right. And I don't think every super like every wrestler has to be like on every show. But if you're trying to build this new brand up, and they're trying to create new stars, which is great, but at the same time, like what Scorpio sky they were trying to build him up and he lost to Jericho last week in a great match. Where was he this week? Right. Chris, Christopher Daniels is on the show and he might be on AEW dark, but you know what? If you're not a viewer that's, you know, following that content, Scorpio sky wasn't there this week. Yep. And if you don't say why he's not there or whatever, then, you know, or, or Ken, like I said, Kenny Omega, 
He's he's had many AEW dark matches. He had one this week and he wasn't on the main show. I mean, who's one of their biggest stars and one of the biggest people that like wrestling fans nowadays have been like, oh my God, you've got to see this guy. He's so that's, great. Uh, he's he's wrestling Japan. What was that? That's Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. So that's what people you know have been saying about him. And he finally comes to an American national television show. And where is he? He's there every once in a while, but he's not being built as a major star every week on TV. And like I said, you don't have to wrestle every week on TV, but you should at least appear and do something. Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day didn't wrestle on every show that he was on, but you know what? He was there to say something. Yep. To, to get noticed. And if they want to build stars, they've got to be on every show. Right. In some form or fashion. And they can't rely on you going to watch him be in the elite to see Kenny Omega every week. They can't rely on you going to watch AEW Dark just to catch him. He's putting yep. on great matches, but if he's not doing it on the main show, you can't count on him to grow as a star to the main audience. I agree. Did you guys see the MJF promo on Twitter? Uh, I actually did. I, I saw it on Instagram. Because, I haven't seen it. Yeah, actually, because I was browsing Instagram, and I just randomly came across it. But yeah. uh, I, I don't follow a-, a lot of wrestlers on my Instagram. And that's and, probably why uh, I saw But I do follow it. him because he's funny. Yeah. I think that's a perfect example of why you can't you can't have that. You can't I mean, I know they're going for the young audience, but not everybody's going to be on Twitter. Not everybody's going to watch YouTube videos. That's correct. Not everybody's going to watch the wacky being the elite, which is great by the way. You should watch it. But it not is everybody's going to yeah. watch it. I watch it quite often, not all the time. I don't I'm not always on top of it. Yeah, but you you that that was a 2-minute promo. There's so many things they could have taken away from on that show. Yep. God, take away Brandy's microphone and give that two minutes to MJF. It was a great promo, too. That promo, not only was it great, it filled plot holes. And yep. I'm going to say probably, what, 600,000 of their viewers will probably never see it. I mean, really, yep. these people that are watching on cable TV, they're not on Twitter. They're not on Instagram. You know, and And... You know, you had all these this backlash of the blade, the bunny, and the butcher, or whatever they're called, and triple B is what I'm yeah, going to call them. Yeah, triple B, and the fact that they had no story, and they had a good promo this week. I think it was a little too late, but it was it was a good promo. But uh, and you and now you have a reason why they attacked him, and they just they just don't know because it wasn't on the show. I understand they have a two hour show, but that's important. You can't put that on YouTube. You can't put Adam Page leaving the elite on uh, on youtube i mean you can't you can't have these major plot points on youtube if you want to have little stuff i mean uh did they did they show the jungle express jurassic express uh promo on i think they the did or was it on dark it may have been on dark i think it was Which on dark promo? like stuff like that is perfect for dark a cool promo establishing some characters but no major plot points happened yeah okay. that's that's good stuff for youtube that's good it, stuff it, for twitter it, it was like a vignette of, uh, yeah, it's just like, like a little bit yeah. out in the woods and Luchasaurus is eating oh, yeah. leaves. That's incredible. It was not on. It was not on AEW. Yeah, I think it's on Dark because yeah. I did watch Dark this week, but it was yeah, the first time I sat down and watched AEW Dark. That's and, fine. And I will say, Micah, to add to that, um, I think it's okay if they do stuff like that on Being the Elite and like the MJS promo, but they should also put it like they should realize, hey, this is big. Hey, this is something. Let's get it on Dynamite. And I know they're, yep. they're trying to plan out like things and this may, but you've got to have flexibility in that sense as well to try and put something on the show like that, especially if it's important. Like obviously the 
like we said, the Adam Page thing was a big deal. Put it on the show. Like if they're worried about production, because I mean, the, the Young Bucks mainly do be in the elite by themselves. And hey, they're executive VPs. They should be able to make this decision. But you know, if if they're worried about production value or something, because they do do it themselves and it's not like a professional crew. I'm sure they could go to Tony Khan and be like, hey, if you're worried about this or TNT, if you're worried about this, can we hire some camera guys to film the show with us, to follow us around? They could pay a couple guys a little bit of money, and I'm sure they would do it if it was going to contribute to their main show. Playing devil's advocate, I hope that they show a recap of that MJF promo on AEW next week, and I'm, they probably yeah. will, looking back at it, but it should have been... I don't know. I guess they couldn't have fit it in this episode because it was an after-the-fact kind of thing. MJF should have been there to do something, though in my opinion, but you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. So moving on to kind of something that we, we, another thing we touched on is they, they do a lot of digs at WWE and I'm not going to lie to you. I love them. I really do. But a lot of people don't. And so like when Cody said, Oh, I guess, you know, the, the crossroads is being botched on two shows now because he wasn't just talking about MJF. He was also talking about Damian Priest from NXT. They did the whole Britt Baker thing. And like when Cody destroyed the throne, like I, those are big moments. And even some of the little intricate ones, I enjoy it because I like that kind of thing. I guess I'm that kind of wrestling fan, but a lot of people don't. Are they doing it too much? Should they ignore it completely and just improve their own show? How should they move forward? Being that Cody and Jericho and uh, a couple other guys are pre- previous WWE superstars. Yeah. I think they can get away with it. I think if you have Jericho out there digging at WWE, uh, and not like outright, the way he's been doing, I mean, like the list this week, did you realize he called out AJ Styles? Yes, Alan Jones. I mean, so the, just little stuff like that and the crossroads bit. I mean, because I didn't, I didn't catch the two networks thing. Um, I mean, I know he said it, but I didn't. I didn't know what it meant. I know that MJF botched it major last week. Yeah. And I thought that was funny. Not only are they digging in another company, they're digging it theirself. Yeah, they're they're aware. Um, one of the things I like about AEW is it doesn't take itself too seriously. My main problem with the WWE is, man, it is serious all the time, even when it's not. You know, it it's Vince McMahon takes itself so seriously, most in most situations. And, and they, it doesn't seem like they can have fun with their self. You know, they can't make fun of their self. But I think that's a good thing that AEW is doing. And, I, man, I don't know. Maybe it's the cynic in me, but I like when they make fun of WWE too because I don't like it either. So I'm with them. And maybe if you're a fan of both, I can see how it would kind of uh, – it's almost like if your parents are fighting kind of thing. Right. But I don't know. Maybe I don't like one of the parents, so I'm cool with it. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not that I, I can take it or leave it. I, they're obviously not on WCW reading the results of Monday Night Raw on TV. They're not straight attacking them. They're taking little digs at them. I don't want to see it every week. I don't necessarily even want to see Cody doing it or actually the guys who have been there because then it comes off as, you know, you're you're feeling like you're you're taking a dig at your old boss and it's like, yeah, but these these are supposed to be greener pastures, and, it's, and especially like Cody did the one thing at Triple H, and he kind of, he's kind of one the one that kind of keeps doing it from time to time, but I don't feel like he needs it. So in that sense, you know, I think it's a little too much. Um, I'm not like 
frustrated at it as much as some people are, but I could see it that way as well that, you know, it's like, eh, but you don't need it. So, uh, I, I don't think it's over the top. I definitely don't think they need any more of it. Like definitely not more. And I'd probably prefer it if they did a little bit less of it. Cause then it just kind of takes you out of it. You're like, Oh yeah, there is a, like, it just reminds you that there's another company out there. Like, and, and they've been big on saying, Hey, we're just going to focus. Like we're, they don't even consider WWE competition. I mean, even though we really know they probably do, um, they're, but they're saying we're not taking them as competition in a sense that we're just going to focus on us. But then they go out there and take a dig and it's like, well, you're not right. totally on you. So they, they say that because they're not winning. If they were winning, <laughs> they would say they're competition. Oh, they're beating NXT. Right. So yeah, they're beating the third show. It's, well, hey, right. it's, they WWE's done their hardest to try and, you know, I mean, it, it took all of them putting all their stars on the show to finally beat them. But yeah. Um, they, they want to be Nick or AEW for sure. But, um, so I think they should just focus on doing their best show. Like they've been doing, you know, try to keep doing that. But, um, and if you want to do it every once in a while, it's fine, but I would make a point to do it. So, um, okay. yeah, I don't, if it's, it's fine what it's been. It hadn't bothered as much, but definitely don't do it anymore. Okay. They've been doing. Well, let's talk about, AEW's most glaring weakness. It's not the production values. It's the women's division. And I think this has been very, I want to say difficult for them. And it's mostly because WWE owns basically every good women's wrestler in the world. Yes, that's a slight exaggeration, but they they haven't done, yeah, they have not done a good job of building their own stars. And I can count two you guys tell me if I'm missing anyone, the two stars they've built, not not pre-existing stars like Awesome Kong, the two stars that they've built properly is Riho and Hikaru Shida, and Shida just lost to a brand new wrestler this past week, which I didn't have a problem with, Kyle really hated it, but I, I, those are really the only two people, that the only two females that they've built in the whole company so far, in my opinion. Um, Brandy was already kind of established. Asham Kong is already established. They're trying to build Nyla Rose, but I feel like they're all over the place. Britt Baker has been very disappointing. Uh, so am I, am I wrong here? Like what, what can they do to improve this roster? So they're in fairness, they're in a pretty rough position in a, in the sense that NXT has a very strong women's division. WWE, also, I mean, their best division right now is women's division. Yeah. Impact is loaded with women's talent. And they just picked up Tennille Dashwood, who a lot of people thought she was going to AEW, but ended up going to Impact. Uh, and I was actually kind of surprised by that because I thought, man, she would be strong on AEW. Whereas yeah, on right. Impact, she's not the strongest right now. She's probably the most noticeable, you know, just because of what she's done in WWE. But I mean, she's from what I've seen, she's only been in a couple matches on the show. And I mean, Taya is still, Taya Valkyrie is still their champion. Uh, I think they're kind of putting, you know, obviously Tessa, Tessa Blanchard is the, you know, biggest female star on that show. And, you know, even wrestlers like uh, Jordan Grace have been on impact. I think they're pushing her into the top of, you know, that division. So AEW really is having to start from the ground up. I mean, they've got awesome Kong, but nobody else in that division has done anything anywhere else. So they've already, they've already kind of, yes. Well, I mean, 
Riho and Sheeta have, you know, worked in and been in the business. Well, not even necessarily Riho, but Sheeta's been, you know, around a long time. But Riho has. She's been wrestling since she was like 14 or something crazy. And Emmy Sakura has been around. She's still really young. Yeah, she's 20 something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so this is like their big, this is their first big break, is what I'm saying, like on a national stage. So, yeah. So they're basically having to build them. And they've done a good job with Riho. I thought they were starting to do one with Sheeta, and that's the reason why I was a little disappointed because uh, Statlander's good, and I've been impressed with her, but for her to just come out and beat the number one contender this week, I'm just like scratching my head. I'm just like, okay, I don't get this. And and it you know puts a damper on Britt Baker in you know along with it because she just lost Sheeta, and so she just gets beat by this brand-new girl. Like It's just kind of weird, so – they got to focus on who their players are. I think they wanted Britt Baker to be, and maybe they're not as happy with, I mean, she's still pretty green. So she's got, you know, some time to go before she's there. Yeah. Uh, and, but Hey, I did like this week with the stuff they did with Nyla, like I said, and I even think they might be doing something with Shanna. They've put a point to put those two against each other. So maybe they're going to do a bigger program with those two. And I've been impressed with what Shanna's done in the ring. So maybe they go with her, but, even so, like I said, all these women I'm mentioning are like brand new to this stage. So they've got a lot of work to do. They, they, it would take them getting somebody like a uh, Kelly Klein who just uh, is leaving ROH, bringing her in. Who's at least, you know, somebody who's been somewhat, you know, on the stage, even though ROH isn't a very big stage, but people know her for the most part. I mean, she made the news right. when, you know, when that uh, story was trending, um, she, she, you know, some people, recognize her from that. So the, she would be like somebody who they could bring in to kind of build stuff around. Obviously Austin Kong using her more. Uh, I mean, there's ways they could build it up a little bit more, but it's definitely a weakness. So they need to focus on who their players are going to be. And that's one reason I think also I was a little disappointed in how they did with Sheeta because I thought they had chose her, but then she just lost this week. So it's kind of like, well, who's, who's your real star here going to be? Cause it's just going to turn into 50, 50 if we're just going back and forth with who you're picking. Right. Yeah, I really like Chris Statlander. I disagree with the decision to have her beat Sheeta this week. Um, they should have, because I think she's 0-1, and I think her only loss was the one with Sheeta on her tag team last week. Um, Mike, are I you think, a fan of Area 51? Uh, the weird alien gimmick? <laughs> oh, the gimmick? <laughs> I you, like the gimmick. St- I'm fine with it, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have a problem with the gimmick. I mean, I don't I know if you saw, but she, she did. She did come out, and they like just straight up called her an alien. Like, so she, yeah, she is an alien. She's the alien, Chris Statlander. Yeah. I mean, we have so. a dinosaur. Why can't we have an alien? That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, WWE has a demon, so you know, I don't, yeah. I don't have a problem. I mean, there's not many gimmicks that are too out there for me to enjoy. It's wrestling, um, but no, I like her. I think she's very talented. I think Shanna's very talented. I think uh, they're the two best signs that they've had recently. I don't know if you watch Big Swole. She's pretty good. I don't like Britt Baker. I don't think she'll be good until she's a heel. Um, I, I think she would be a good heel. I don't think the Dennis gimmick and her yeah, I hate the Dennis works. And, and that would be I, perfect I, for a heel role. I'm fine with the dentist as a heel. <laughs> I'm fine with it. You know, the mandible claw. That's that's a heel move. I mean, in my opinion, uh, I think she would be a decent heel. I don't like her as a face. I don't think she needs to be the face of the women's division. Um, where's Riho been? Has she wrestled in like the last two weeks? If she I has, it's it's been forgettable. But I mean, maybe on dark. You you can't have a women's division 
and have a women's champion that doesn't defend her belt. I mean, if you had AEW and Chris Jericho wasn't on for two weeks, people would freak out. Um, if you're going to say the women are just as important as the men, you got to have the women's champion on there. Um, I think they're bu- building the division pretty well with Chris Statlander and Shanna and Big Swole. I think Hi- Hikaru Shida is good. Um, I think the thing, I think this week was probably the best week in AEW for the women's division because it's finally building stories for the women's division. Cause you can have good matches, but it doesn't matter if there's no story behind it. In my opinion. I mean, if you want to watch good matches, you'll watch NXT for women's division. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not even a close comparison. I think the, the story they're building is decent. I'm not sure about the whole Brandy story, but uh, the Nyla Rose conflict and the fact they're trying to do something with the women, the story-wise is good. They're going to have to get a, a, at least a couple more good good uh, good players in. I don't even know if B Priestley is officially signed or Jamie Hayter. I know that they did officially sign Big Swole and Chris Statlander and Shanna. Um, but a lot of these women like are just in these made together tag team matches that don't matter for anything with no story right. behind them. And it's just kind of to get women on TV. I think it's the way it comes off. Yeah. Um, but if you really want to build a cohesive division, you have to have your champion on. And honestly, I don't think the women division is going to be really good until they take the belt off of Riho because it, have we even seen a promo out of her? I don't think she speaks very good English. Yeah, and it is that just really just a promo with her champion? and Omega when they were building the title, really. But I yeah, mean, that wasn't. I'm, a, I'm not not trying to be racist or anything, but I mean, do you really want your champion to not be able to cut a good promo and not have a good feud with somebody because they can't speak the same language? Yeah, I mean that's fair. Maybe she uses a mouthpiece, or maybe she cuts the promo in Japanese, and that's okay. Because well, that's that different from WWE. Vince McMahon often won't let people talk if they don't speak English, unless you are the authors of pain. That's. That's fine, but could you imagine, say, Chris Jericho having a feud with, I don't know, do they have any men that don't speak English? Let's say he's having a feud with uh, Jake Hager, and he doesn't talk. Okay. How would that go? Because Chris Jericho is just going to riff on him, and he's just going to stand there. And even if it was like Nakamura and he had a mouthpiece, that's not really that's not really something I want to see personally. I understand that. I understand um, that. I think it can be done well, but I think it's difficult to do. I think the problem was, I think they were going for Nyla Rose to be the first champion. Yeah. And they saw that people weren't really behind her. They were behind Riho. Yeah. I think they made an audible, and I think they're kind of confused as where to go now. Okay. Um, That's where I would say I think they are. I I think the women's division is definitely getting better. Still not what I would call good. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... That is my biggest problem with AEW, and if that's my biggest problem, I mean, you know. Yeah, well, their tag team division is incredible. Their singles division is very, very strong. So I'm willing to give them time. Kenny Omega promised good things at the beginning of next year. We're already in December, so we we will see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us know your thoughts. Please comment below. Like, share, and subscribe. You can listen to us wherever. Tell your friends. You can follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio. Follow us on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. You can follow me on basically anything at WrestleLifeMatt. You can follow Kyle on Instagram at... Kyle.Polly. You can follow Micah on Instagram at... Don't find me. There you go. There you go. Uh, this has been our very first roundtable on what is wrong with a or what AEW is doing wrong. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear about. 
Uh, I'm actually really excited to share that uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to be starting uh, best of all time through the decades. So we're going to be doing the 80s, 90s, the 2000s, and since it's the end of the decade, we're going to be doing the 2010s. So I'm really, I'm really excited to get those roundtables started. Make sure you listen in. Once again, tell your friends, we appreciate you. We love you, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. It's all about the love here. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day. See you guys.